This is the Financial Side of Life podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Our mission, to empower you with smart financial strategies and show that it's possible to get a college education, save, invest, retire, or do whatever makes sense to help you live your best life. We'll meet amazing people and professionals who will share stories about how they do it, and together we hope to bring a little sanity to your complex financial life. And now, here is your host, Certified Financial Planner Pro and founder of Avea Financial Planning, Angie Ferbotten-LaRossi. Hey everybody, Angie Ferbotten-LaRossi here, and I want to welcome you to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Today I have with me Shay Frechette of Frechette Winery, which is located in Benton City, Washington, and their website is frechettewinery.com. Uh, we'll we'll learn a little bit more about the winery, and we'll kind of let her tell us about that as well. But I believe they were opened around 2013? 2013. 2013. Okay. And she did that along with her husband, Greg, and she has a son, Jaden, as well. And we'll learn a bit, a little, learn a little more about their family as well. So I'd like to welcome Shay to the show. Thank you, Shay, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So um, I don't know Shay very well, but I have crossed paths with her, oh, just, you know, here and there, especially at chamber events here in our local area in the Tri-Cities. And so I wanted to have her on the show because I think she has a very uh, interesting and unique background. Um, So Shay, would you mind just kind of starting by telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. Well, I spent almost 20 years in training and development. My last stint before coming into wine was with Stanley Black & Decker. Um, The division that I work for is now with Spectrum Brands, which is a consumer product organization. But I uh, worked there leading the uh, leadership and organizational development team. So what I'm doing now, in a lot of ways, is different, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a very different industry. But I think that spending that time in training and development has really propelled me and uh, helped me move into entrepreneurship. Okay. In what ways would you say? Well, you know, running the uh, learning and organizational development team was a lot like running your own business. So for that department, I had my own budget that I worked with, and I was responsible for the spend and had to make decisions on that. Mm -hmm. And then every year, I would go to our executives and ask them for the budget that I needed to operate the business or their learning and organizational development team. And I also had a small team under my direction, and so... The leadership skills that I picked up there are um, skills that I use today in running our tasting room. Sure. <clears throat> so tell us a little bit more about the, the winery. Well, my husband and I uh, wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, a few years ago, we were living in Southern California. Um, we had a great life there. That was when I was working for um, Stanley Black & Decker, and uh, he worked in IT. And about that time, we decided we wanted to start a family. And my husband says, you know what? Um, it takes a village to raise a kid. You know, you, it's great to have grandma and grandpa and, you know, just kind of have uh, friends to, to help support um, the village. And uh, we didn't have that in Southern California. So um, it meant we would relocate to South Carolina, where I'm from, or okay. Tri-Cities, where my husband is from. Mm-hmm. And we had different ideas on (laughs) where we were to go. I wanted South Carolina because that's where my family is, and Greg wanted, of course, Tri-Cities. 
And we just couldn't get on the same page, so we ended up flipping a coin. I mean, talk about leaving oh something up to fate. So we decided <laughs> that if the coin landed on heads, we would move to Tri-Cities. If it landed on tails, we moved to South Carolina. So you guess where the coin wow. landed. <laughs> I insisted that when it landed on heads, we do best out of five. <laughs> um, but Greg just said we shouldn't tempt fate. And, of course, I checked it to see if it was a two-headed coin, and it wasn't. So... Fate brought us here, and um, with that opportunity came the opportunity to determine if we wanted to change careers. And although we both had successful careers um, and really enjoyed the organizations we worked for and worked with, you know, we thought, what would we do in our wildest dreams? And we landed on wine, and turns out Washington is the second largest wine-producing region in the uh, U.S., so wine not. Yeah. (laughs) You've been waiting to use that one, huh? Oh, I use it all the time. It's probably overused. It's probably overused. Excellent. Okay. So what else about your background? So you're from South Carolina? I'm from South Carolina, born and raised. Okay. And you lived in California for some time. Sure did. Is that where you met Greg? That's where I met Greg, Mm -hmm. yes. Was this at school or at work? So we, um, well, we were both out of school at that time. I was living in Los Angeles and he was living in Huntington Beach. Unfortunately, our paths crossed and we liked each other, dated and decided to get married. Mm Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about your, your educational background? Because we do talk a lot about college and college planning and how that kind of plays a role in families' uh, financial lives. So yeah. how about you? What kind of educational path did you take? You know, I probably started really thinking I had a chance at college when I was in junior high school because I was a Duke scholar. Okay. And, um, What's I that? What is that? Uh, Duke scholar is just when academically you're recognized um, – by Duke University. Um, So, um, you know, I had great grades and um, I enjoyed school. I didn't have to try really hard to do it. I mean, I did my homework and I studied a little bit, but, um, you know, learning came really, really easy to me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I didn't apply for it or anything. It just, I just got something in the mail one day that said, you're a Duke scholar. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then I learned Duke University was just the next state away. And that's kind of when I really started thinking about college because I didn't have anyone in my family who had oh. gone to college before me. Okay. And so um, the thought of college before that just never really crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that was something that, that um, I thought was really cool, just kind of thinking about that opportunity. And then I also competed in double dutch when I was in junior high school. The and rope double jumping? dutch, yeah, two ropes. Okay. So, I mean, it's not what you think about when you think of like the little girls on the playground. That's how it starts. But we were doing backwards flips in the rope and oh, jumping wow. over each other's heads. So it was some serious competition. Oh, cool. But that took me to Winston State, um, Winston-Salem State University. And that was the first time I actually had been on a college campus. And we had the opportunity to stay in dorms. And so I thought that was really cool. So that really opened my mind to it. Um, fast forward, I didn't really know where I was going to go, mm-hmm. and someone at my high school had uh, experienced her first year at Winthrop University, and over the summer, I saw her, and she said, hey, where are you thinking about going to college? I said, I don't know. She says, you should consider Winthrop University. I was like, Winthrop? <laughs> where is that? And that was the first time I'd ever heard about Winthrop University. Uh, I went and toured the campus, and I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and I decided that I was going to go there. Unfortunately, my family didn't have the financial means to support me going there beyond, you know, like um, an application fee or some of the small fees. And so um, 
I found myself applying for student loans. Okay. I got some small grants here and there, but mostly student loans mm-hmm. was what, what got me there. And so although I hate, you know, I hate, hate, hate student loans, that was really my only opportunity to, to have to go to school. There was no other way that I could have done it. So were you um, needing to borrow above and beyond just the federal level of student loans or did you did you go into more private loans as well did it require that level of borrowing no I just did like your basic um, financial aid application and I got what I needed to cover okay so it was reasonable I think it was very reasonable ultimately and they are already paid off oh good that was sort of my next question too (laughs) yeah so I was pretty aggressive on on paying those off you Mm -hmm. know when I First graduated college, of course, I had to have them um, deferred. I just didn't really, you know, jump into having a career after mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. And um, but as soon as I landed on my my feet, I just really wanted to get them out of the way, and that was my priority was paying it off as fast. I mean, there wasn't a penalty for doing right. that, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of wanted to pay them off as fast as I could. That's great. I like hearing that actually, you know, because. Uh, I'm I'm a parent with a college-bound kid who's starting this fall, and you know we're not exactly sure. We've mapped out how we plan to pay, but very likely we'll end up borrowing as well, or he'll end up borrowing. Actually, it won't be us necessarily. So it's nice to hear a, a positive outcome because sometimes you get, um, especially me, because I'm reading this stuff all the time. I get a lot of negative outcomes that are not ideal, and so just you know, to recognize that there, it's okay to borrow, but to manage the borrowing and to not borrow beyond your ability to repay right. is important. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So what else would you say? Okay, so you flipped a coin and you ended up in the Tri-Cities. And, and since you've been here, and that was when? When did that happen? So 2010 was when we really started the okay. dialogue on what we wanted to do and so coin toss was flipped then okay and then so since then i mean this is kind of like a whole nother uh, topic to go into is this whole idea of starting a brand new business one that i think you had no background in no background right none whatsoever no well, i was drinking drinking wine, wine. So. <laughs> okay i think that makes you a wine expert of course yes of course <laughs> and you know just the you know in my mind i think starting a business is is challenging it's scary it, it, there's a lot of things that kind of come up emotionally uh, not only to say but also financially you know when talking about putting a business in place so between you and your husband you know that was an awesome thing is the fact that you were doing this together right, right. and so were there challenges that you faced during that time that you overcame and then how did you overcome them well, the first thing that we really um, had to talk about is like if we were like business running type people. And I think that's I think you really have to shift your mindset because um, you have to really understand like, well, what drives your business? I mean, you also you kind of look at I mean, because your customer really is your boss, you know, exactly. like when you're working for an organization like right. the person who hires you and fires you and signs your paycheck. I mean, that's who you look at as your boss. Mm -hmm. And that person drives the vision and strategy. Um, They help create your goals. Uh, They give you a performance review. And so you get a lot of direction from your boss and from the organization. Mm -hmm. And then going into running your own business, I mean, you're looking beyond the scope of that. You know, you're doing a lot of the legwork yourself. We're working for an organization. Someone else is doing that. Mm -hmm. 
And so that was really the first thing is, you know, what would it be like to not have that traditional boss? Do we know how to create vision and strategy and goals? Are we disciplined enough Mm. to still have a regiment that's necessary for running a business? Um, So that was the first thing is like really kind of evaluating on if that was right. Because I think sometimes looking at entrepreneurship can be sexy, you know, and some people make it look so easy. Right. And it can be um, attractive and can look fun. um, But you just have to think differently. I think that my work with Stanley Black & Decker prepared me in some ways as I was sharing Mm -hmm. because I had to run a budget and run a team. And it really did look like running your own department. Um, I created vision and strategy for my team and created goals. And so those were skill sets that I brought with me. Um, so that, that, was, that was the first thing. And then second, really looking at um, the economics of this new industry in our area to really determine if it will work for us. And that took a lot of work, just doing the research I mean, it really did. Well, and that kind of leads me to ask, how did you come to understand this part of yourself? Because you were talking about, do you have the discipline? Do you have the ability to have that vision? How did you guys determine that was what you do have and that you have what it takes? Well, one of the things, we did this exercise where we went to, so we were living in Southern California at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, lived close to Laguna Beach. And so we went to one of our favorite beaches and just kind of sat there by, um, like right at the lip of the ocean. And we just started to dream, you know, like what would a vision look like? Um, You know, what would goals look like? Uh, So we started, we we really just kind of started there. And when we could paint a vision of what this would would look like and then really start to um, just kind of articulate like, well, what would goals look like that would help us to get to that vision I think that was that was very meaningful for us because if we couldn't do that and especially if that vision didn't align for us like if Greg was on a totally different page than me then it's just like we really do need to step back but our business really um, would go beyond you know just kind of something for us for fun you know we we have a we have values of um, family that's very important to us I mean that stimulated our move to Tri-Cities is being closer to family Mm -hmm. and so Having getting into a business that was family oriented, like agriculture, which is you know when you look at farmers and 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 land and um, preserving the land and being sustainable, you know those sort of things are closely aligned with with family. And so that's that was what was important. So vision and being on the same page was one of the things. So was it a challenge? Absolutely. I mean, it was. It was frustrating. Um, some parts of it was fun, but other parts of it was just like, are we going in the right direction? Is this vision, you know, right? Does it feel right? Um, and then also um, looking at really what the financial investment is, like trying to figure out all the things that you have to spend money on. Right. Um, but the Washington Wine Grape Growers Association was a great resource for us because they kind of outline a lot of those outline a lot of those things that really had us to look at um, do we have the financial capacity to to do this mm-hmm. and how soon could we get started based on what the cost would be for us okay are you um, are you able to kind of talk to how did you fundraise or how did you raise uh, money to 
invest in the business? You know, was that a, a personal uh, resource that you used or family resources or did you go out and find investors or how did you manage to do that? Well, we we really looked at this as being a business that we wanted to um, have for our family. And so um, we weren't as interested in having investors. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't going to do this business if we couldn't do it. So it kind of looked like how much do we need to do it? And if we can't do it right now, how long do we need to work to make the money okay. in order to invest in the business? And that was really what drove our um, availability to, to start. So um, we we had to really live our lives a little bit differently. So although we lived near Laguna Beach where the weather was absolutely amazing, we looked at things like, do we go on vacation or do we do a staycation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so our spending looked a little bit different. So I was telling you that I was really aggressive on um, paying off my student loans. Well, mm-hmm. we were really aggressive on saving to start this business. Okay. So you self-funded. We did. Okay. That's exciting. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so that was around 2010, 11. And then right. um, things kicked into gear in 2013 with the launch of the business. Well, 2010 was when we really started. So so things happened really, really fast. Um, okay. With wine, for us, there was a two-year kind of runway because, you know, if you decide to get started today, well, then if you're fortunate and you make the decision when there's time to put grape contracts in, mm-hmm. you still have to wait for those grapes to be ready to, for you to pick, and then you process, and then you let that age for 18, 24 months. So although we started in 2010 with the coin toss, um, that next year we actually jumped into starting the business. Okay. So although in the Tri-Cities we weren't visible, it was just kind of like, you know, we were in the background making the wine and getting it ready. And in 2013, we had opened our doors on Red Mountain with our first vintage. And did you have the winery, that the tasting room at that time? We didn't. We kind of started with um, sourcing our wine grapes. And then we hit the ground just knocking on doors. We um, were kind of familiar with the Washington wine industry. We enjoyed Washington wine. We came, became familiar with the AVAs, the American Viticultural Areas, which mm-hmm. there are 14 in the state right now, mm-hmm. um, and um, fell in love with Red Mountain, which is in Benton City, right outside the Tri-Cities. And um, unfortunately, there wasn't anything for sale at the time for us to purchase to you know, call our home for Frechette Winery. So we just went knocking on doors, and we knocked on every door until someone said yes. That was the part that wasn't fun. I mean, imagine these two kids from Southern California with flip-flops schlepping through goat heads <laughs> trying to get to someone's door to knock on it. Um, that that certainly wasn't fun, but that same determination and drive that I have with, like, paying off loans and getting through college, um, that's the drive my husband and I had with finding the perfect place to call home. And after four no's, you know, the owners of the property that we now have finally said yes. Mm-hmm. Was that a, a vacant property or was there something on there? No, they had lived there. Their home was there and they had a shop there. Uh, it's five and a half acres. It's a beautiful piece of property mm-hmm. right off of Sunset Road um, in the heart of uh, the Red Mountain AVA. They had lived out there before a lot of the wine grapes were even planted. So they had been out there for a while. Okay. And they, although they were not in uh, agriculture or wine, um, they just happened to be in an amazing region, and um, we thought the property was perfect for us. And um, fortunately, 
you know, after us pestering them enough, they thought so too. <laughs> well, that's a great story. I didn't know that. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So, you know, you've gotten to this point and have you had, have you, did you feel like you had many challenges or did things go smoothly or what do you recall? No, things didn't go smoothly at all. I mean, we had we had a lot of hiccups along the way. You know, with the acquiring the property, mm-hmm. you know, that was a longer process than uh, I would have enjoyed it to be. Just even with the hurdles of knocking on the dozens of other doors we did just to get to this right spot. Um, you know, there had to be some things like moving road with the property and, you know, hiccups with, with opening up and... So, so things didn't go perfectly as, you know, as planned. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we had a roadmap, but we also had to, to be really flexible. And there were things that we had to do without. I mean, because we funded this ourselves, of course, we would have loved to have had, you know, everything perfect in this, you know, gorgeous building um, to open to our guests on day one. Uh, but when guests come out to our taste room, they'll see it's still a work in progress. I mean, we change something every year. And that's the part that's fun because it's showing that we are growing and you know we do have a plan. So um, was it challenging? Yes. Um, I'm the person that I have to force myself to go, what did you learn? I got that from a friend, by the way. I was in a situation, it was horrible. And I just wanted to be in like a, you know, this sucks, I hate it. And she kept going, she kept asking me, what are you learning right now? And I was like, I don't want to be learning anything. I just want to be upset and like vent to you. And she goes, but in this moment, you know, what are you learning? What are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about what you'll accept, what you won't accept? And I wasn't ready to be there. Um, but now I try and keep that in mind in, in the, you know, when things um, are in, you know, roadblocks is what am I learning? It's a good, a good point, you know, to kind of take something away from each each day, you know, each moment and, you know, those good moments and those not so good moments for sure. So you've talked about, you know, having that determination, you know, to pay off your debts and to save to launch your business. What other would What other attributes would you say you bring to this business? Because your husband is one part of this business, and I'm sure he's got some strengths that he brings to the business. What about you? What else do you bring to the business? I, you know, when I think for folks who've met me in the Tri-Cities and even outside the Tri-Cities, I'm probably known as like, you know, like a wine person. You know, I run our tasting room. I make wine. I show up at um, industry events around wine. And um, I love being active in the community. And it's probably, you know, Shay the wine lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that me being here is so much bigger than wine. I think wine is just really my venue, you know, to be a positive influence on other people. Because wine's not my only passion. It it just isn't. Um, You know, I loved learning and development. And sometimes you'll still find me doing that sort of work, especially with the um, Regional Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. um, and a consulting gig here and there. Um, Wine training I do. Um, What's wine training? You know, wine 101, how to, Ah, you know, how to hold a glass, how to swirl, how to serve wine. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of training. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that I just, I really enjoy 
encouraging people, empowering other folks, helping them see the potential in themselves. And you can do that regardless of your job. Right. I mean, like, really, you can. You hear these. You hear stories all the time of people just influencing other people and doing good. And um, so I think that me being in the Tri-Cities is really bigger than me being in the Tri-Cities, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I find, you know, and that's kind of another reason why I wanted to talk to you is um, I'm a native. I'm, I'm born and raised here. In fact, I live in the house I was raised in. So, no kidding. Yeah, wow. so I, I cool. call myself a boomerang because I, I left and came back. Yeah. But I'm always intrigued by other people, what brings them to the Tri-Cities um, because we have, you know, we're not – a metropolitan area it's there's not a big city draw that you might have for Seattle or somewhere else but um, it's always really interesting to hear how people come to come to the Tri-Cities and um, you know with your flip of the coin story <laughs> and then also to say that you know being here is bigger than just you I think that's really you know fascinating so if it is bigger than just you is it what is it that's bigger than you well my um interest and passion in just making other people feel good about themselves Mm -hmm. um, I think is I almost think it's just like everybody can do that you know you see like these kind campaigns and you think about like really what we need right now um, globally and probably more critically in the U.S. right now it's just humans Mm -hmm. being kind to other humans you know so for me, um, that's just one of the things I I like to do. I mean, it's not about just like, oh my God, you look great today. Let me give you a hug. <laughs> you know, it's 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 looking someone in the face and seeing that, wow, something's going on with this person today. Maybe I can give them a word of encouragement. Um, you know, hey, there's something a little bit off about, you know, about this person's energy today. Maybe I can say something that, um, or do something, or just ask them, like, you know, um, is there anything you need today? So um, so that's what I mean when I say it is. I, I don't think that I'll do, like, any huge act that's going to be on CNN or anything like that. <laughs> and that's not Go my, viral. <laughs> right? And that's not my interest anyways. It's just walking the walk and talking the talk and, you know, being able to be a good person to the folks in the Tri-Cities and beyond. And mm-hmm. I love being here. I mm-hmm. mean, this place is awesome. So um, do you feel like the flip, the, the coin flip, did right by you and your family? I think it could have been right either way. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Being from South Carolina, I love I love South Carolina too. Um, truth be told, I'm a Carolina girl at heart. So <laughs> I would be happy there. But I uh, had never visited the Tri-Cities before meeting Greg. I never heard of mm-hmm. it before. Yeah. And so I think being here, I see that there's a real gym in, in, in this area. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a gorgeous place. It's positioned perfectly. Um, and the big city's not for everyone. Right. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great place to raise kids and, and have family and friends. Yeah, for sure. I guess that's why I'm back here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lived in very big cities and so um, kind of had that opportunity too. But um, I like that slower pace of life, I must say. Yeah. So, Shay, I was kind of curious. When you think back to when you were younger, so even a little girl or a young lady, um, you probably had some kind of an idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Do you remember what that was? I don't know if I really determined what I wanted to be. I think that I was asked, and I said a nurse. 
And the adults that I said that to were just like, oh, great. But I really didn't have exposure to a lot of things. Like when I was in high school, I didn't even know what an engineer was. Okay. And then when I was in college, you know, there were some of some majors that I was just like, well, <laughs> what would you do if you majored in that? So I lived in a very rural area. I went to a small school. And although I got great grades and it was an amazing school, you know, you kind of are familiar with things that are in your area. Like in Tri-Cities area, of course people would know what engineering is because right. that's a huge job opportunity in this area. So uh, I kind of knew what was available there. And I mean, everyone knows a nurse and police officer and firefighter. And so mm -hmm. that that's what I said. It never really felt right. I never really knew what I would what I would do or who I would be. Um, but I think it worked out just fine because I had the opportunity to kind of get my fingers dipped in a lot of different things. I, I was a theatrical actress. That's my degree is actually <laughs> in theater. Oh, really? I have a degree in speech communications as well. Okay. But that's what I did for the first um, three years out of college. That's why and I couldn't pay my student loans back. Acting? You did acting <laughs> right or, away. Or what did you I do? I did theatrical stage acting. So okay. um, back then, I don't know if they call it this anymore. It was called equity. It was like 99 seats or less, mm -hmm. those size theaters. Okay. But I had a great time. It was a blast. Well, and, you know, come to find out that having those kinds of skills, to me, in this day and age of video and podcasts, you know, those right. skills are very transferable to right. to real life stuff that you are you are currently doing because you do video on right. your site yeah you know and um having that ability to to speak well and to come off well on camera is is not easy <laughs> you know it's oh, not. It, it worked out so well for me because um you know even with my skills with improvisation and theater interviews were so easy for me Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid to, you know, I was excited to interview when mm -hmm. I, you know, when I got into corporate America. And my job was in training and organization development, which means that you need to be able to hop on a stage and in, right. influence a group of, you know, 50 to 1,000 people. And so because of my training in theater, I mean, it was just, you know, it was amazing. That was a fantastic foundation for even what I do today. Mm -hmm. And so you did not become a nurse. And no. so, you know, I'm my afraid of needles. So <laughs> <I> <laughs> Maybe think that, that worked out. <laughs> yeah, I think so, for sure. So, you know, jump ahead 20 years from now. What, where do you see yourself and the business and your family? You know, because it's almost as if you're still a young girl and you've got a lot of life ahead of you. What's up ahead? So our business is growing really really well and we've been very well received in the tri-cities area so um we are our goal is is a 2000 case winery and and we're almost there so mm -hmm. i think we'll probably kind of you know sit poised and you know happy at that um you know with that size and i launched sachet wines which is my label and so i see that growing as well so in 20 years, I kind of see us really maintaining, and I see myself getting back into theater. Um, wow. I love being in the Tri-Cities that we have, the Richland Players, we mm -hmm. have the Mid-Columbia Musical Theater, we have Rude Mechanicals. You know, there's so many um, opportunities with community theater here, right. and I love to get involved in that. And my son, Jaden, I think that based on my experience with theater and just, um, you know, giving you a great foundation to... Uh, have confidence and be able to 
present yourself and speak in front of folks, I think that'd be great for him too. Mm -hmm. And so um, before 20 years, I think it'd actually be really cool to be on stage with Jaden. Oh, that's a great goal. (laughs) (laughs) And now, how old is he now? Jaden's only six right now. Six, okay. So he's, yeah, he's perfect, you know? Yeah. Because maybe that that fear factor is not quite set in. (laughs) It it would, you know, with kids, it it will. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Good. Start him young. All right. And so how how do you see Jaden factoring into, like, the plans for the business and the family? Is that something he talks about at all? I know he's pretty little, but... He he does in some ways, but, you know, for... Gosh, I if, if my husband's family would have insisted that he stay in the business, he would be working on the wheat ranch in Colfax. And his brother would, would as well. His brother mm-hmm. has allergies, and so that really wouldn't be a great fit for mm-hmm. him. So I do believe in encouraging Jaden to uh, work in the family business, but he's not tied to it. If, if that's not his passion and that's not what he wants to do, mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with Frechette supporting him and doing, you know, whatever it is that he wants to, to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may want to be an engineer <laughs> mm-hmm. or, you know, travel the world playing guitar. I don't know. But I think for him, it's him realizing what it is that he wants to do and not being tied to the things that we felt were right for us. Sure. Okay. So I I like to ask this last question as we wrap up um, our talk is, what would you say would be your key piece of advice to listeners who who maybe like you are at a, a juncture in their life and they may have that coin? that they are thinking about tossing to help them make some decisions, what kind of advice would you give to someone in that position? I'd say, well, if you feel like you have two great options and you just can't decide, flip the coin. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it to fate. Don't take yourself through the misery of, you know, I hate being in, I really don't like being in like the middle where I just I him and ha. I don't. I make decisions, you know, based on information, but I can make decisions pretty quickly because I just hate being in, you know, this or that, or, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I I'd say flip the coin. I mean, do your homework so that you know you have some great options, but just just flip the coin. Do it. <laughs> do it. Go for it. <laughs> Well, excellent. Well, Shay, I am really grateful for your time today. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me and our listeners about your life and your business and your family. My pleasure. This is fun. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. I want to thank my guest again for stopping by the podcast booth and sharing their unique story with us. And thank you for listening to today's program. Be sure to go to aveafp.com to check over the show notes for details and links from our conversation. Have you ever wondered what your potential is for building and maintaining wealth? Right now, go to my website, aveafp.com forward slash wealth potential to take a free assessment and find out. I bet you'll be surprised by the results. Don't forget to send in your questions and I'll answer them in a special listener mailbag episode. So I invite you to come back and listen again, subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app or at aveafp.com. That's A-V-E-A-F like financial, P like planning.com. Thank you for tuning in.